Hey guys, Paddy here. Just giving you an intro into episode 16 of Gorilla Cast. We call this one Trinity because we sat down with Anthony Bino, uh, MMA fighter and striking coach from Trinity MMA here in Adelaide. Um, Anthony's been around for a fair while. He started fighting MMA back in 2010. Uh, he had some boxing fights a few years ago. He's fought in kickboxing. He's a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. And he's been coaching at Trinity since 2014. And he's actually a stakeholder in the gym as well. Um, this was our first MMA guest that we've had on Gorilla Cast. All our other guests have been from the Thai boxing scene here in Australia. So it was really good to get someone in from the MMA side and talk all things MMA, including, you know, local staff, the upcoming Apex show, you know, COVID, um, you know, international MMA, all the big fights that's been going on in the UFC and one championship lately. Um, Anthony's a very intelligent and articulate guy and, you know, he's got a very good sense of humor as well. So he fit in really well with myself and Zach. Uh, there's a lot of jokes being thrown around, a lot of laughs being had. This was a really good chat. We'll probably get Anthony in again at some stage to have another chat further down the road because before we started recording and after we finished recording, we were still talking for a long time. So we'd love to get him in again. So yeah, we hope you guys enjoy listening to this one as much as we enjoyed recording it. So this is episode 16 for Gorilla Cast called Trinity with Anthony Bino from Trinity MMA. Uh, welcome to Gorilla Cars. We've got head striking coach from Trinity MMA, Anthony Bono. How you going, mate? Yeah, pretty good. What about yourself? Yeah, good. Yeah, a bit dusty this morning, but... It does this work, morning. Work, mate. Big night for old Zach. There was, there was rumour going around that your your missus is a bad influence on you and yes. sucking you into to shots. So <laughs> yeah. I hear it was only her and not you were viciously avoiding it. Did me in with the tequila shots, as she always does. But Dude, I've been friends with Zach for years. He don't need no influence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is the influence. <laughs> I was half expecting a message saying, oh, I'm too dusty, I'm going to cancel today. But yeah, nah, <laughs> he got up for the event. I did message you. What time did I message you? And I was uh, like, you still good? Yeah, I was like, you still look good for 12. He's like, yeah, man, I'm good. A couple of bananas, sure. some berries, some water, mate. Back onto it. The championship athlete mindset. <laughs> <laughs> well, that John Jones like. Yeah, <laughs> John Jones and Conor McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have any dick pills as well? <laughs> Just a couple. You didn't crash in any pregnant ladies on the way home? Nah, not yet. <laughs> He's going to get bigger first. Like, once he makes a damn MMA, yeah. that's what he'll do. Yeah. Then I'm just going to hide under the octagon so the starter can't fight. <laughs> So I guess uh, Luke's not here to defend Jones this time either. So. Fuck you, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> There's, you won't get any defence for John Jones from me, mate. He's, oh, mate. I, I'm not the biggest fan of John no, as, a, as an athlete or as a human being, from what I understand. No. If, so. if like someone could actually eat John Jones' butthole out, it would be Luke. Yeah, yeah like, like, Luke's big, big John Jones. He's obviously man. the most gifted, probably martial artist we've seen in our, our lifetime, so. and the biggest cheat and waste of talent we've also <laughs> yeah. seen in a horrible person. But yeah, yeah. Physically, like his attributes physically have always amazing. been amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. But I always thought that like they wouldn't match up as well at heavyweight because I mean he relies on like his reach. Yeah, all he never does well against guys around his size, like Gus OSP when he yeah. fought OSP. Yeah, he lackluster performances yeah. against them. Rays, Dominic Rays yeah. as well. Like, lost but them. we've also seen those guys come back and also then get wrecked after fighting mm. Jones as yeah. well. So yes, they put on good performances against him, but then they come back and, and look pretty shit afterwards. I, I think mean. Rays probably got caught up in his own fucking hype because yeah, he's drinking his own cool yeah. 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 Everyone thinks I beat Jones. Oh, I've just got to fight young blood. See who's, ma- see who's matched up in there. He's got a hard fight. He's got Jury. Jury. Oh, that fucking. Jury Pokorova. That Polish guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, know he's um, from the Czech Republic. Yeah. Yeah, Ray's almost claimed the belt as his own once Jones vacated. Yeah, yeah. The people's champ. It is, <laughs> it, it's a lot of pressure going in there and saying that I took John Jones, the greatest combat sports athlete 
regardless of the debate, like if you take away, the, if you ta- take him out of the, out of the argument because of supplement abuse, yeah. Yeah. and you put Khabib at number one, in my opinion, but Jones, as skill for skill, he's the greatest ever. Yeah. Um, and then Reyes has taken him to where a lot of people thought that Reyes won, and then all of a sudden he's only going to fight Jan Bukovic. And you look at Bukovic's record and who he's lost against. Yeah. Reyes would have been sitting there creaming, thinking this belt That's is as good as mine. Yeah. And then when you start getting hit, yeah. I don't think he knew what to do. Those body kicks, man, were like the big difference for me. As soon as those body kicks started landing, and then like he's dropping his hand, I'm like, yeah. he's going to come over that left hook. Smart now. too, because Jan's a natural orthodox, and fucking Reyes being a southpaw, every time Reyes moved to his like to his left hand to Jan's left hand side to get like, away from bang. right hand, he's like, bang, yeah. his body kick, you know, but, kick him there. That was some power, of the, mate. Yeah. <laughs> some of the worst markings I've ever seen oh, from, yeah. from kicks in like. Immediately after that being done, apart from Edson Barboza when he chewed up Anthony Pettis's inside leg, oh, remember shit. watching that? Oh, that was perfect. Dude, that was that Poirier's leg after the Gaethje fight. That was pretty. Yeah, rough. that was bad too. And I mean, Dan, Dan Hooker's entire body when he fought Edson Barboza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was horrible. Yeah. Man, that was one of those fights where I'm just like, stop being tough, dude. Yeah, just, just, just stop. Just stop, man. And the Velasquez and JDS like. JDS just falls over onto his head. Yeah, like, oh, man, this is hard to watch. It's yeah, like some people are just too tough for their own good. Yep. Yeah. That's where I think cornermen need to be more responsible with throwing in towels at times. Like when you're four rounds down and your fighter is at risk of having serious like yeah. brain damage, and we've seen JDS not be the same since then. You know, like take your pride away and maybe yeah. throw in the towel. Yeah, I oh. think um, a good example of that was Raquel Pennington when she fought mm-hmm. Amanda Nunes. She was yeah. just getting yeah, she didn't she even had, want to come out. She had no success no. whatsoever, no success in the grappling. She was getting chewed up everywhere. Her legs were destroyed. She was getting leg kicked. Her face was getting bashed yep. up. And she went back to her corner. She's like, "I'm done. I'm done." They're like, "Nah, send her back out there to get TKO." But yeah. Nunez as well. Like. Yeah, like you're fighting the greatest <laughs> female fighter on the planet. Just you've got zero fight. chance of winning the fight. You've taken yeah. a beating. Why take any more of a beating? Yeah. Come back and fight in six months' time rather than twelve months' yeah. time because you got that much damage. Yeah, fucking She's not like it's not like she has like one yeah. shot hit power, which is just going to flatline yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. Nunez for fuck's sake. Like. Yeah, if the shoe was on the other foot, you could see Nunez still having a yeah. pathway to victory like because she can sleep people with one punch. But yeah. Rocky was sort of like, my game... I don't know what their game plan was to win that fight. I didn't see any <laughs> avenue to victory. But yeah. walking forward and being a punching bag is probably not the best avenue. No. What's your game plan at all when you fight Nunez? It's just like... What I thought Durandamy had some she good, good well, chances yeah. against her. Yeah. But she just couldn't stuff the takedowns. Yeah, and um, I think... When she fights Megan Anderson, it'll be the same story. Mm. Oh, I think Megan Anderson's gonna get gonna get beat up. She's gonna yeah, get yeah. Really bad. yeah, I think she'll get either taken down and bashed pretty That's, badly. And we saw Holly Holm do that, and we I think Amanda's a superior well, grappler. Oh, well, dude, Amanda's got one of the best double legs in mm. not just in women's MMA. Yeah, she's got double legs, fucking beat. When she gets on top, man, she's oh, she's, she's just up there, power for power for me, male or female. I agree. She's, yeah. she's just one of the best. Yeah. She's also one of the best to watch. Like she's not in a boring fight. Nah, she's, she's, she's she's she goes awesome. out guarding, tries to kill people. And man. from all uh, all accounts of people I know that have met her, she's actually a really really she seems nice like, person yeah, as well. Yeah, pretty humble and and pretty cool cool person. So the the only cool fight for her really is a third match with Shevchenko. Exactly. Because yeah. Shevchenko's murdering everyone yeah. and, and then Amanda murders everyone and those two fights, the first one was really controversial. Like, you can make the argument Valentina won, eh? Yeah. The second one, I thought Amanda definitely won but the first fight, I thought could have went either way. Yeah. Or was it the other way around? I thought the first one... First, no, nah, first one. Was the first one, first really one. second one was the Shevchenko. Yeah. Nunez yeah. won the first two rounds and gassed yep. and then in the third round. Shevchenko was covered. So yep. the first one was five rounds and Shevchenko right. got it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the second one was held close. Yeah. Yeah. The first one was easily 29-28. Yeah, like, yeah. Easily. No, but if that had been five rounds, yeah, it looked like Shushenko could have got yeah. over the top of her. Yeah, yeah. She blew her. A bit like the Katzengano fight. Took her down, 
tried to finish her in the first round. Smash Katzingano. Smash Katzingano in that first round. And she did the same to Shachenko, like, but blew her water bit. So I think she... She's, she's learned from there, though. Yeah, We've seen yeah. the maturity in doing this. And obviously, I think... Um, the fact that she could train full time, being that she's getting paid a quite a substantial amount of money. I think when she fought Katsugano, she was probably getting you know twenty or thirty grand. Now yeah. she's getting uh, probably a million bucks after after pay per views and stuff to fight. You can take your training pretty seriously, then you don't have to work a job. As I think she was be. trying to make a name off Kat because that was when Kat come back from her because Kat Rousey. was supposed to fight Rousey. Yeah. She and did she the blew knee, her knee she? and her, and her husband committed Killed suicide or whatever and then so it was Kat's big return and I think Amanda was like I want to try and steal that so she tried but she fucking underestimated that tough and she lost the four actually talking about the most ineffective game plan in <laughs> UFC history Kat Zangano's <laughs> game plan to get to Ronda Rousey yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, charge yeah. at her like, yeah. what was the plan there I'm yeah, going to charge oh, at fun. someone who wants to close the distance and hip throw me yeah. like, my, like we've seen Ronda striking Yo, and the brilliant coaching of Edmund Verdian. <laughs> Edmund Ben! Yeah, yeah. Edmund Ben! <laughs> um, the, the game plan wasn't really that solidly um, sound for Kat to charge at her and give her the only pathway to victory, throwing her their armbar in her. In so 13 if seconds. We're talking, yeah. If we're talking worst game plans, then we've got Chuck Liz Camarouche up there with fucking shadow boxing for five rounds against Valentina Shevchenko. Yeah. That, that was oh. And her corner telling her that she was doing really <laughs> you well. Win it, you win in the fight. It's like, what I hate that. Oh. I hate cornermen not being honest with their yeah, fighters. Yeah, yeah. I hate hearing you're winning this fight when clearly you're not. Like, I watched the, the uh, Derek Cesaro Zeki fight today and Tony Bellew's was sort of there in the corner and he's telling Chisora he's winning every round. He's like, after six, he's like, he's won every round. He clearly wasn't. Like, be honest with your, 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 your <laughs> yeah, fight. Don't yeah. tell... Yes, I understand you need to remain some level of positivity and you can't say you're losing, yeah. but you need to say... You, you've got to give them honest and specific feedback. Otherwise, yeah. what, you get to the end of the fight... And as a fighter, often you guys have experienced, like, if fights are close, you only really remember right at the end of the fight. If you do well at the end of that, you probably think you won, hey? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. remember, like, getting to the end of fights and being like looking at Nick and go, did I, did I win or not? Like, I think I won yeah. and stuff. So you got to be really honest with your feedback, but in a positive way. Yeah, that was like, back to Edmund Tarverdi and his <laughs> awesome coaching. He did the same thing to Rousey. Rousey after, after home. Yeah. Beautiful work, champ. Yeah. You look good. After Stop. the first round, she's getting pieced she's up. She's like, got a concussion, spits blood on the floor. It's yeah. Like, yeah. And he's like, beautiful work, champ. Beautiful yeah. Work. Like, what were you doing that was beautiful? Yeah. Getting, being a punching bag. Yeah, it was yeah, terrible. So, like, head. he needed to give her some, like, and then just yelling, no, no, yeah. no, no, repetitively. It's not really the it's most like, constructive you need technical feedback. advice. Like, yeah. maybe looking to, like, close the distance, like, go for a hip throw, maybe looking to clinch, maybe looking to get an underhook. Yeah. I think if Rousey hired Diego Sanchez's awareness coach, it would have made a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that dude's a joke, man. He is a fucking joke. Boy, some force fields. Did you see his video arguing with Matt Serra? Did you see that? No, no. Oh my god! Because I've right, seen so I've watched a couple of interviews so with this Josh, this Fabia dude. Right, he is the most egotistical dude I reckon I've ever seen. Because. Everything is about him. Even when he talks about Diego, he talks about him. So like, he talks about yeah. my influence on Diego, my influence on me, Diego. me, me. I love yeah. those people. Yeah, and he's like, oh, um, and Matt Sarah was talking on a podcast or something, and and they were talking about him, and he didn't mention, he wouldn't say his name. And so Joshua Fabi pulled him up while he was having breakfast, and Matt Sarah don't take no shit, man. Matt Sarah's just like, 
the fuck, man? Like, what's your problem? And it's like, oh, you wouldn't say my name. And he's like, I don't know your fucking name. And he's like, what's your name? And he's like, all right, now I know your name. And then he just gave him shit, eh? Matt Sarah was like, I don't like you. I don't like what you're doing. He's like, you can ride on Diego's coattails if you want. All the best, mate. I don't like you. Have you seen the video of that drunk guy? Like, starting Matt Sarah and the fucking... Yeah, Matt just, just, just like four mounts and holds in there. He's like, relax, buddy. He's like, fine. Yeah. And Sarah's just like, stop it. Relax. Matt, Sarah's put on some KGs as well since yeah, he's left man. the UFC. I would not want that bloke sitting on top of it. You're yeah. looking thick. Yeah, he, he says he's on like TRT. He he's had some pasta it. too. Yeah, he likes yeah. it. <laughs> I like he likes the job. Yeah. <laughs> Him and uh, Ray Longo enjoy a, a yeah. meal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or several. Ray, yeah. Long- oh, Ray Longo's got a funny voice, doesn't he? Like, yeah, they got that. <laughs> they've just got that New York accent. Yeah, for Long Island. Island. Are they Jersey? Are they Jersey? They're Jersey. Long, Long Island. Island. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Long Island, New York. New York, New York. Yeah, because I think it was after he fought Matt Hughes and lost to Matt Hughes and fucking. Joe Rogan was talking to him and he's like, Joe Rogan. I like Pastor Joe. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, what else have we got? Oh, Khabib. Obviously, yeah. we have to talk about that. Your boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We so, have to talk me and Paddy got our, our shoes and our, our mouth. Uh, and our I'm, I'm happy to wear yeah. it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy to wear I- it. I'll say, uh, you know, as, a, as an ana- analyst, I, I could see the argument why you were making Justin was yeah. probably going to be one of Khabib's highest, toughest fights. Yeah. I thought Justin either A, didn't fight to his full potential because he was either a deer in headlights yeah. or whether it was just Khabib's pressure. Is a, yeah. I mean, so everyone that fights Khabib seems to get surprised. Yeah. Like, there's looks in people's eyes like, what, what am I dealing with here? Yeah. And... Like I don't know after twenty nine and oh how you can still be surprised how anyone yeah. could be surprised. I mean we saw yeah continue. We, we saw like Dustin say the like similar type of thing about how good he was. Mm. We've seen yeah. obviously how he's ragdolled so many people. I don't know why people get surprised by it. But yeah, Gaethje. I look back at his like collegiate wrestling and yeah, he was a good wrestler. But I didn't think he was that good that he could start. I think there's levels and the cage makes a huge yeah. huge difference. Open field. I, I wouldn't have seen Khabib taking Justin down, but when yeah. he gets you towards that cage. It's a four, like we we call Trinity MMA Trinity MMA because of wrestling like ground fighting and striking, but it really should be like four because cage rap, grappling is a totally different world yeah. yet again. And like as the evolution of the sports come along, we've had guys like Khabib who are just so good at it. Yeah, and even Jones with those clinching against. Oh yeah, and Kamara Usman. Yeah, Usman's, yeah, Usman's fantastic at it as well. Not and one thing Usman does really well is he doesn't live and die by the sword on the takedown he breaks away and like punches and then re-clinches the, way, the, the masterclass he put on to beat Woodley was pretty sensational yeah, he smashed him eh? but anyway back to Khabib I called I called that he was weird <laughs> so I'm just going to put it out there I'm defeated on the Khabib issue but yeah. Paddy owned it like a man yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's that old thing like because Gaethje's always been a pressure fighter then you pressure fighter the you pressure the pressure fighter and they, they don't react very well to it. Yeah. I, feel, I saw that. like Because Khabib came straight out like in his face. I was like, Gage yeah. is just winging those big... He swung too wide, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, like, big looping I think, shots. I think that was smart by Khabib though because like, if you watch the Ferguson fight and you, you listen to everything Gage she was saying leading up, he said, my timing, my timing's impeccable, my timing's yeah. impeccable. But if you're constantly running at someone, you don't give them a chance to get their timing, you know? So... That's, and that was the thing with Ferguson. Ferguson would sit outside, he'd sit outside, and then he'd try and work his way in, and Gaethje just catch yeah. him on the way that, in, whereas Khabib's just like fucking forward. That for performance by Justin against Tony was one of the best I've seen. Yeah, and watching crazy. that live, I think that was one of the... That was, the, was that the first fight back for the yeah, pandemic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like having with no crowd and hearing the, <laughs> the, shots. the shots, man. Yeah. Some of them were sickening. I don't know what Tony's head's made out of. Yeah, to not, yeah. to, 
He's it's too it's tough for his yeah. own good in that fight. I mean, yeah, it's I saw all the Mexican so fighters though, wouldn't it? Like the Diaz brothers, Tony. I mean, Gaslam's got a pretty good chin. Like, yeah. A lot of them have pretty good. We've seen lots of boxers as well. Canelo. Yeah. Canelo, obviously, we spoke about earlier. Yeah. Fucking All the Mexican guys are tough as nails, man. Yair Rodriguez as well. He's yeah, tough, man. Oh. Brian Ortega. How can you not talk about him and Korean Zombie? That yeah, fight. Yeah, like, yeah, Korean yeah. Zombie beat him up for 24 minutes and, and 58 seconds, then caught the weirdest elbow I've ever seen. I don't know if you guys have ever seen anything like yeah, that. No, nah, no, nah, no. nothing like that. I didn't. I was watching it. I didn't even know what happened. I'm like, did his shoulder hit him, or did he, I thought he might have headbutted? No, as soon as it happened, I saw what happened, and I was saying he fucking elbowed him. He fucking elbowed him, and the commentators were like. They didn't know, what, and then they showed the replay, yeah, and he was like... Because oh. I'd switched off. I wasn't really looking. I'm like, oh, there's like five seconds left. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, clear decision. I kind of looked away, and I see Zombie, like, crumble over. I'm like, what the fuck was that? And yeah. Zombie can take a shot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the Ortega fight just the other week. He wore that spinning back elbow from Ortega. Fuck, Ortega fucking, looked good. Ortega yeah. looked real good. He'd really leveled up since his fight with Max. Yeah. The kicking game was so good. The distance he gave his wrestling. Yeah. I think... I think he's I the think hardest he's stylistic matchup for Alex. Well, yeah. I think, to be honest, I think he beats Alex. Yeah, I, I think so. If he fights like that, because the grappling as well, like if Alex shoots him for a, a double leg, he's got to worry about getting choked. Because quick, he sinks up that guillotine. Man. If Ortega gets hold of your neck, man, fuck. Oh, that's what uh, we were speaking about this the other day. And you look at the way like that, that you, Alex matches up against people. Ortega's got the range. So Alex has got to close the distance. Yeah, Alex gets too close in the pocket. Well, Tiger's going to jump on that neck. Yeah, we saw yeah. he did the Cubs once, and he like yeah, crawled yeah. up the cl- like. And Mokano, man, like Mokano shot for like a takedown was like one second, like yeah, yeah. Right. and he's very no, uh, no slouch yeah. on the ground. Alex is a, I've, I've grappled with Alex a couple of times and, and sparred with him and stuff, and he's obviously extremely good grappler. But I mean, Ortega's just finishing aspect, he just snaps shit on. So I yeah. think he's the hardest stylistic matchup in the division for Volk. Yeah. I'm not going to count Volk out because Volk's really good, I've noticed, at adjusting mid-fight. Like, yeah. he's, he's really good. Like, you did with Holloway both times, really, you kind of adjusted. Yeah. So I'm not going to count him out, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough fight against yeah, Ortega. Yeah, a tough fight against I hope they do it here. If they do it here, I'm going to go. The okay. other featherweight fight that I want to see, and they did say they were going to put it together, but it's gone quiet, it's Calvin Cater and Max Holloway. Yeah. They spoke about putting that yeah, fight right. together. And I, like, Jeez, that's I awesome. Said, oh, dude. When Calvin I saw the, the possibility of them making that fight, I got so excited. I was like, dude, I would watch that. Yeah, because if, if Cater beats Max, he's a clear number one contender yeah. after Ortega. If Max wins, you say, well, Max is still Max. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. then, like, if Max wins and Ortega wins, you've got to do that fight again, don't you? You've got yeah. to run that one back. Yeah. And even if Max wins and Volkanovski wins yeah. st- they're still going to do it because the last fight was razor close Yeah, I scored at 3-2 to, to, to Alex I scored the first two to Max and I scored the, the next three um, to Alex but I thought Max won his rounds more convincingly yeah, and that's yeah. why a lot of people think like will say that Max won the that's fight that's why the third round was so close uh, like given two each but like obviously Vol got dropped by the time so it's like yeah, it's one of those ones where it's just it's up to the judges' discretion. Yeah, I, haven't, really. I haven't rewatched it. I want to rewatch it because I, I remember watching it live and watching it live. I thought Max had done enough, but I haven't rewatched it since then. It's it's interesting. Like you make the argument: do you score a fight on the ten nine must system, or do you score a fight? Yeah, like pride and one score a yeah, fight. Yeah, that's right. Speaking of fights, anyway, one did anyone watch the Spartan on I the did, other yeah, night? Man. Adelaide's own Tony but, Caruso. Yeah, Good man. Yeah, I thought like Falange was yeah. gonna be a real hard fight for him, but he we spoke him. we spoke yeah. about that the other day, yeah. and, and me and Nick spoke about it on. Um, Friday before training, we're like, Tony's got one specific like game plan to win this fight, and Tony executed it hundred percent what he yeah. needed to do. That was that was a master. Dropped him with that nice right hook off the break of the clinch. Yeah, as well. like yeah, yeah it's really he looked really good. One thing that Tony's always been like, because he's so stubborn, he's so tough. He sticks to things a lot. Like we, we, he gets into the gym with us. Like obviously when he's in Adelaide, he trains at Trinity, and he knows 
what takedowns you're good at defending. So he just goes for those takedowns. Like he's one of those guys like, oh, you've got great double leg defense. I'm going to double leg yeah. you and he'll stick on it. And it's then a good the, mindset though. But in it? the fights, it's transitioned to him doing the same thing. Whereas this fight, he chained. He was in on the single and I was thinking to myself, don't sit on the single, Tony. Don't sit. And he chained to the high crutch, got the takedown. He didn't live and die by the Dars choke. Like yeah. he had these opportunities. I thought, yeah. He got close to singing that Dars. Oh, no, yeah. Like, it was but in the past, really Tony probably would have held on to that for too long and then maybe blown his arms out a little yeah. bit. He made the decision really smartly. Yeah. What big things coming for the Spartan. Yeah, that's really yeah. That, He should get another good fight. I mean, because like, Foliang's like, he's quite high up. No, he so. should do. Him and Eddie Alvarez. Oh. Well, I think Eddie's going to fight for the title, isn't he? Oh, is he? I think he'll get a title shot on his yeah, name. Okay. He did. He, he's only had a couple of fights on him, but I think on his name, he probably gets a title shot. Yeah, because, I mean, he fought Foliang as well, and Foliang was beaten. Yeah, beaten. until he got until the ground. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Like, he, he was. Yeah, big things were coming for Antonio. It's good to see, like, you know, guys like him and guys like Matty Stevens fighting in glory. Yeah. yeah. Adelaide, Adelaide boys getting up there. Shows the uh, small town like South Australia, especially we, we were so far behind with, with MMA. Yeah. Even, I think, kickboxing it to a point. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. we, we didn't introduce it to a lot later than some of the other states. It's good to see that we're, we're getting put on the world stage. There used yeah. to only be a few kickboxing shows a year. Now there's fucking, well, obviously not this year because there's nothing this year, but... COVID. They're not stop They're not like, yeah. like once every few weeks. So it's like, it's great. It's great to see we, just martial arts as a whole growing. There's a few oh. other good guys from SA, obviously prospects like Brando, Persic. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's going to be pretty hard to see Brando not making it to the UFC. Dude, he's, yeah. He's, he's a beast. talented, eh? So talented. So athletic for someone that's <laughs> So nimble, man. Yeah. He's hardworking. He's nimble. As you said, he's yeah. quick. He's, he's got that aggression as it, well. Oh, yeah. And you know what he's got? Like he's got like sales marketability. Mm. He finishes fights. Yeah. Yeah, hard to see Brando going fifteen minutes, twenty five minutes. He, he's either finishing someone or he's going to get finished. Yeah. And he's got like the one of the other things I think works in his advantage. He's got like Australian and Bosnian heritage, so he yeah. has a multicultural. Like yeah. can build different supporters. They can brand him either way they yeah. want. He's got a funny personality as well. He's charismatic. He, like, yeah. yeah. He signed with Dan Hooker's management company recently as well, oh, yeah, which is right. pretty exciting. Yeah, so yeah. Um, hopefully he'll be heading over to do some work at City Has Kickboxing. Has he moved from so. Red Star? Yeah, he's, he's doing some work at Rikers yeah, with, um, with Richie Elliott, yeah. which I think um, is, a, is a pretty good move. I don't know what that fucking body shield's made out of. That Richie oh, oh, my God. Man. How did he let... I saw him the other day. He had Matty, Pug, and Brando just one up the other hitting him. Maybe I think Richie's made out of something else full stop, though. I fucking... I, I remember talking to Richie when he was when we were both at Pumped and he was saying, like, oh, man, you know, my elbows and everything are getting smashed by holding pads for all these guys every week but now he's holding pads for like fucking killers but I did ask him where he got that body shield from and he said I got it custom made and I was like what is it Kevlar <laughs> yeah, 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 me. <laughs> take those shots yeah, that would uh, kill me over with the Kevlar vest uh, on still I mean, it's a good move I think gonna go right Rich is real good man like he's yeah. a really good trainer look, look, Matty's hands have like come so far yeah. yeah, no, Richie's Richie's probably the best, in my opinion, boxing coach in yeah. in, in the state. Well, you credit Richie for getting your hands like yeah. sharp as they are as well. When you yeah, used to he helped me out when I was down at Pump. We hit pads a fair bit. And, and he's he... a cut man for the UFC now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really good at wrapping hands. He's obviously he does cut cut men and stuff. He's obviously. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I remember many years ago um, when he first, because obviously Richie's a boxing guy, yeah. and he was working with May Lin, who he used to train out of us as well. And he would like Richie openly said, like, oh, "I don't really know much about everybody." Like, and this yeah. was when May Lin was going to fight Arlene Blanco. Yeah. Like, so, um, and now, like, you see the way he's progressed into the knowledge of the sport and the way the work he's done with Anthony Pugliese. Like, I don't know if you guys have watched him fight much. Yeah, yeah. But Anthony's cool. Though. And Will Karolev as well. Yeah, like, Will, Will's for, good man. Yeah. Obviously, it's not all just Richie. Mark um, also mm. does a lot of work with him, but with their hands like he's taken those guys to another level so I think Brand, you'll see some big things from Brando 
yeah, the coming do. months. He just needs to be able to fight. And at the moment with COVID, you can't. No one in Australia is nah. jumping up and down saying, oh, "I want to fight Brando." Like we saw him fight Rich Belching, and Brando oh, yeah, that was like fun. Rich was too tough for his own good. Brando <laughs> murders him, and then he goes on to win the Eternal title, two fights in one night. So there's no one jumping up and down. The only other person that maybe would would have wanted to fight Brando is unfortunately now in jail. Ben Sasolo. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, like... They're Ben's gonna have not to, fighting anyone for a while. He's not fighting anyone well, in a cage for a while. Professionally, he's not fighting um, anyone for a yeah. while. So, I don't know what that... Yeah, hopefully, like, Brando can get over to New Zealand where they've got a deep pool of heavyweights. They've got some big boys over in New Zealand. That's good. Who was he going to fight? Panda? Was he going to yeah, fight Panda? Panda yeah, Panda, yeah. Um, but, obviously, he's stuck. He's yeah. a US citizen, mate. He's not coming here for at least 12, 12 months or so. It's just... And COVID's fucked everything. Yeah. Like, there's not a big well of heavyweights. Really. That's the other thing. So, heavyweights, heavyweights and flyweights, the division's pretty thin. So if he can get one or two more exciting wins. I mean, we saw Taito Ty- Ivasa get cut and then get re-signed because they needed heavyweights and they needed fighters. Yeah. So I think if Brando gets another win in MMA, like, you could have the UFC giving him an opportunity, especially if, like... He could get it on the Contender Series or yeah, something. something yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, or we could see the UFC coming to Australia because we're going to have crowds a lot sooner than anywhere else. Yeah. And they're going to be they looking They always for, pull up local fighters yeah. when the cars come, which is good. I've seen, we've seen, like, guys take short notice fights as well and maybe not do so well in that, but then get a contract for helping out and then prosper later on. So. Yeah. yeah, it's great seeing how many... UFC fighters we actually have from Australia. We've got no one from SA though, so I, yeah, I, 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 I think Brando's not the first one. I think yeah, um, it was either going to be him or, or, or Shane Mitchell. Yeah. I think Shane obviously um, took the step back when he lost his title and then now he's gone to welterweight, which I think is an awesome move for him and, and he's, he's fighting coming up soon. He's very talented as well. He's yeah. Like, he's fighting Apex, man. Yeah, he's, he, he's, uh, I'm assuming he'll be the, the main event. Yeah. Fighting for the, the welterweight title, yeah. I believe. Who's he fighting? Uh, Khan Sandy from Tasmania. But Khan hasn't fought since... Um, 2015 in okay. MMA. Yeah, okay. So that's danger to me. Five years, man. That's a but long... Yeah. That also, like, what's he been doing in that time? Has he been fighting other sports? or He's been competing in jits and stuff, yeah. but I haven't really followed him that closely because he'd been out of the game for so long, and yeah, for a long yeah. time he wasn't in my weight class, so I didn't really took, take... I've only just taken notice of him because he's fighting Shane. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be interesting because you see guys take a long time off, and, I mean, he could come out being, like, just a, a killer, yeah. or he could come back and be rusty as... And it's going to be interesting to see the step up. Shane hasn't fought for some time either. He fought yeah. Paul Frankie in his last fight, who's someone I fought as well. And Paul stepped up a weight class and Shane had gone down a weight class. And I think now Shane's made the adjustments. He'll know how to make welterweight comfortably and perform more. So he's still got he's still got a chance to be the first SA guy in the UFC. Um, he's under one one fight management over from Suman Mokhtarian as well, who obviously oh, yeah, has connections yeah. with the UFC. Because yeah. it's also he's about... It's also who you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got it like Jimmy Crow, you know, his crew, he, he's able to help get people in the UFC. Man, he looked good. He looked yeah. look great man. in his last fight, man. Yeah, Jimmy Crow <laughs> real good. I mean, having Sam Greco as your head coach is going to be helping yeah. your striking. Yeah, and he's, and Dan Kelly yeah. as a grappling, a grappling partner, and he's, you know, Jim Crute's uh, relentless hard work. And he's still a kid, man. Yeah. It's 24. Yeah. I couldn't believe he's only 24. Well, like, yeah. I, we, we had Mike Turner fight him. A while, uh, on Jim Crute's second fight, we couldn't get a fight for Mike Turner for so long. This was when he just he won the brace heavyweight uh, light heavyweight title. And then when he moved and, up, no, nah, he stayed at light heavy, heavyweight. and we couldn't get a fight for him. Um, kept, fights kept like falling through and stuff. So then we have this, we get here this young guy who's one and zero, Jim Crute, 
he's willing to fight him. And we looked at Jim's one fight, and it was only went for about 40 seconds or something. He, he won by armbar, I think it was against Ben Kelleher, who was sort of like a middleweight who jumped up, and we're like, oh, yeah, well, if this guy's willing to get thrown to the wolves and fight Mike <laughs> Turner, then so be it. And uh, what do you know? Jim Crute is <laughs> the real deal. <laughs> he beat Mike by a decision. It was a good fight. Um, Jim shocked Mike early, head kicked him and dropped him, and th- but then Mike does what Mike does, and he found his way back into the fight. Almost had arm choked him, got yeah. pretty close to finishing him, and then Jim had had a good solid finish. And, and Mike, Mike's one of those too tough for his own good. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's so tough, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, you look at the guys he's fought, man. Yeah. Um, he's he was unlucky not to get to the UFC. Really, he fought Ben Sassoli yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah he yeah. fought Ben. He defended his heavyweight title, and Ben obviously beat him. It's funny, not funny, but Ben when Ben was fighting him, when Mike got on top of Ben. Ben saying to our corner, tell him, tell him to take Mount, bro. I won't even bridge. <laughs> <laughs> tell him to take Mount. I won't bridge, bro. <laughs> Seriously, he's like talking down the corner during oh, the fight. Oh, <laughs> so that's that, amazing. That, that was is so good, man. That, that was that was yeah. Um, Mike, as as I said, sometimes he's, he's one of the toughest guys I've ever met, and he shouldn't have even been alive, really, let alone be oh, a man. two-time, you know, he's a heavyweight and a light heavyweight Australian champion, so, one, and, and obviously a pioneer of the sport in SA. I'm one of the nicest dudes you ever meet as yeah, well. Yeah, fucking, we, we keep talking about him coming on here as well, like, he's wanted to come on here for fucking ages. Yeah, so. it just hasn't lined up yet. Do you happy yeah. for a five-hour podcast? Cause yeah, Mike, yeah. Mike, Mike is a fantastic <laughs> yeah. talker. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Um, he's obviously uh, one of my closest friends and, and business partner and, and been one of my you know, like training partners for a long time. I mean, when we had the MMA, when we first started, like for us, it was Mike Turner, Tom Crosby, Dave DeConti, Nick Hughes, and myself. Yeah. So well, me and Nick had to get in and spar with those big, big yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it wasn't yeah, yeah. always the most fun. But <laughs> Mike, um, I, I credit for his like wrestling pressure and his grappling abilities to help in my game so much to help defense. Because I was like, if I hit the mat with Mike, I'm a dead man. Oh, man I, was <laughs> roll- I was rolling with him yesterday. Like, as soon as he gets a mount, it's just like, what am I going to do? He had me like in an arm triangle from mount. I'm just sitting there and like Mike's just laughing, patting me on the head. <laughs> Nick's laughing. I'm just like, oh, Did he have his cupping? Because it's the worst in MMA. He takes <laughs> you back and he digs his hips into the cup, just breaks your spine. And you're like tapping from cup pressure. It's the worst, man. <laughs> you and his brother, both giants, bro. Yeah, you don't like Danny on top of you. <laughs> Danny was actually like really like intelligently good at jiu-jitsu like mm. he's got a real smart and real like um like intelligent approach to his jiu-jitsu we have so many good guys at jiu-jitsu in trinity well, like just good just well, there's just so many good people there in general we're very lucky obviously i thought we've got nick hughes who's yeah. the mastermind behind it all. without <laughs> nick none of us would be anywhere um so how did it start do you want to go back to the history a little bit with you yeah yeah sure so obviously um Back at back in the day when there was really no MMA gyms around, you sort of went like I actually started like doing some striking. I was doing some stuff at Rikers when Dave DeConti was there, and um, doing SABJJ is where how I met Nick and Mike and some of the other guys. And we were just like training MMA once a week at SABJJ, and then you would like, go do boxing with your boxing coach, go do you know kickboxing with someone and float around, do jiu-jitsu with someone, and then we'd get together on Saturday at Old Planet Max was a shop. I don't know if you guys remember the Planet Max shop on North East Road. Road. Yeah. They had a cage in there, yeah. and they used to let us use the cage on Saturdays. So we'd go in there and spar. And, and this was like up. a supplement shop, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was like <laughs> supplements, clothes, <laughs> yeah. boxing gear, and they had like a bit of a gimmick for a cage. Um, and yeah, so we, we were like doing that, and then once we like sort of realised that to get to that actual level, we needed to be doing MMA more than once a week. You can't just like... <laughs> You know, do MMA once a week. You have to like the sport evolved past doing jujitsu 
has to be all... boxing. Yeah, you have to put it together yeah, as much yeah. as possible. And like your striking needs to be specific for MMA. Your grappling needs to be specific for MMA. Yeah. So yeah, we sort of made the made the big bite to to get out and and they started. Well, we were at Universal Freestyle a couple of nights a week, yeah, um, right. renting the space after their classes, and then uni- using United MMA's cage on a Saturday. They would hire us the cage, and we'd do that, and then grew a little bit and got to the point where we went upstairs at Fast Twitch uh, yeah. Performance Center, had a space, and then yeah, luckily enough, grew big enough to get where we are now, which is which is a pretty good size yeah, space. That's great. And hopefully, um, in a couple of years' time, we can get more space because I want to get a boxing ring in there. I would love yeah. to get some wrestling mats, and I'd love to get like some conditioning, like weight, more weights equipment, and more. Maybe and some cardio sort of stuff, and maybe a sauna, yeah, like yeah, just yeah, to cut weight good. as well. Because yeah. um, we don't have. I used to have like an access to a sauna regularly, but now we don't. So that'd be the other thing, just to, to do that. Yeah, so, yeah. but that's a, that's sort of the history of Trinity, and yeah. So um, yeah, sort of started. It was the, the brainchild of Mike and Nick, and I sort of was lucky enough to jump on <laughs> board on the bandwagon and, and then get to help out, and then we've been good lucky to have such good guys come and help coach us as well like boarding obviously lee jenkins for boxing i don't know if you guys know lee at all or? only through trinity i don't I've yeah met, no. i haven't met him properly yet yeah you ever seen him fight or i don't think so yeah no. the fantastic like great amateur boxing career and, and fought pro as well and one of the most smooth movers you'll ever see yeah and he's actually got a real ability to, to defend takedowns i want to see him do mma eventually um whether he does or not it's up to him but we brought him in for boxing obviously like we've got guys like tim rogers and like yeah. jake chanel to step up yeah, into yeah. coaching roles and those yeah. guys when you guys were the same yeah. jake's yeah. performance on knees yeah, i think you were commentating yeah. Yeah. i don't know what the words that came out of yeah, your yeah. mouth had. i can imagine <laughs> that you might you might have wanted to throw some cussing out yeah, there yeah yeah um, we find it hard not to cuss yeah, i think we do sometimes by accident yeah. i think we we try our best not to but i mean it's fighting so yeah that one like that's one of those ones where it's like Super impressive, and you're like, oh, and then, and like, then you're like scary scared. afterwards. Yeah. Uh, I, I went in, okay. went in the <laughs> ring, like celebrating, and then looked at the guy, I'm like, oh, he's not well. He was didn't know where he was. So yeah, when they bring out the oxygen, and his dad's sitting there, like, I'm like looking at his dad, and his dad's like, you could see the worry in his face, I'm like, oh, that's not good. But like a beautiful step off in the angle on the overhand, that was yeah. like a really good knockout. Like, but, yeah, so lucky you, to have him, and then um, Dan Dwyer as well, fantastic jiu-jitsu coach, Manasa Cooper, obviously yeah. Daniel Turner stepping in doing some coaching, and then we've just got some other like great students like Mo Sadawi and Avery Clement and Tess Robinson that who take on like um, some, some extra coach or helping out with newbies and stuff so yeah we've been been really lucky um, to grow like a community so you're, you, you've been doing a little bit of training with yeah. us what about Paddy are you ever going to come down and do a session we'd love to get you into <laughs> to, I'd love to even get you to take a kickboxing session one day yeah man I could do that I, um, I, I've actually thought about getting into like striking like coaching striking for MMA because I mean obviously I've practiced Muay Thai for years but as a fan, I've loved MMA like massively for years, and it's really it's probably where my heart is at. Really, it's just that Muay Thai was the sport in SA. Yeah, it was no MMA. It was no MMA. MMA. Yeah. How so, old are you? I'm 31. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, when was your last time you fought? 2014. Would you fight again? I don't know. Would you ever have an MMA fight? I've been. I've already been. Uh, so I, I went and actually trained with the Cardio Flex boys for a while. Yeah. And did some wrestling and jujitsu with those guys. With Chris, yeah. like Gable. Clark was he taking wrestling there or who was teaching the wrestling nah so Luke Howard was oh and Luke was there yeah yeah, and Luke was doing a bit of wrestling there Um, and then the Jiu Jitsu obviously Dylan Opitz yeah he's 
Um, I mean, both of those guys. Luke's obviously a great judoken and obviously a good wrestler as yeah, well. Yeah, and Dylan's a wizard. Dylan's got yeah. some. Dylan's got some moves that only Dylan can do. Yeah, but I've yeah. seen, then I saw like Greg Hearn in a fight pull out one of Dylan's moves. I'm like, man, that is super impressive for a heavyweight yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah, Dylan's so fucking like slick and athletic. Like he's just like a oh, little spider monkey. Eh? I remember like being in like I'm in like North South on him, and he's like. Slithers his legs in on top of you and just like throws you off with his <laughs> legs. Like, he's got you entangled in the weirdest position. He's yeah. a wizard. He's yeah. a good gym as well. Like M16, he got a lot of, lot of yep. talent. Like, look at that. Because yeah, is it Dylan Moody? He's Declan Moody. Declan. Declan. Yeah, you got Declan there, yeah. probably the, the most dominant grappling force in, yeah, in the yeah, country at the moment. He's a beast, beast man. man. Yeah. Oh, and he's so young. We wait yeah. till a couple of years, something. He's starting to like thicken up a little yeah. bit. He's. I I'm, saw him doing some striking actually the other day. The M16 production video. Of him yeah. Pads. I was like, yeah. I think he's a while before he's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless yeah. he just bum rushes you and takes you down because yeah. he does not need to get anywhere near your neck to submit you, man. He's yeah. he's choked me so many times and not choked me, just breaking my jaw. Yeah. He's got such good leverage. He's the only guy I've seen really naked choke Mike. Turner multiple times. Yeah, but, shit, or, yeah. Once again, just crushing Mike's jaw. Yeah, yeah he's shit. he's unbelievable. He's done, that's man. a big jaw to crush. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <He> <laughs> arms are so long. Yeah, yeah. Then you got obviously Miles is an OG of like Muay Thai as well. Yeah. Like, he was such a great Muay Thai fighter and then OG in SA, in SA and MMA and so successful. And um, they got this. They got some few, like Adam Collop for wrestling and Taylor yeah. Ford. Like I don't know if anyone's ever watched Taylor Ford wrestle, but she's probably yeah, she's she's amazing yeah. and a fantastic athlete. No one seems to want to grapple against her. Yeah. So she's um, Australian champion, isn't she? New Zealand, New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah, she's gone to Commonwealth Games yeah, and, and yeah. that type of stuff. So she's she's awesome. Um, and then yeah, they've got like Luke Vidler and Zach Gregson. They've got the amateur belts as well. Like yeah. so, they're they're building a, a really good. Oh, Adam Jones is a really good grappling coach as well, and they're affiliated with Craig yeah. Jones, yeah. One, one of the most popular grapplers in the yeah, world at right. the moment. So. There's some good gyms popping up. Um, it's yeah, MMA's starting to grow for sure now. Like it's, it's so much bigger. Just in this past few years, it's gotten so much fucking bigger. But yeah, like I love doing it. I love training. It's just one. Like I've got like a lot of neck and back issues. Yeah. So it's not the the the, the best for your neck and back. Is <laughs> someone manipulating your spine. Especially fucking because I love wrestling. I didn't mind jujitsu, but I love wrestling. Yeah. I love doing wrestling. I think like the aggression because I'm an aggressive guy. It's like I'm you know so I like the that pressure the, and yeah, that coming forward and throwing the, people on their head and stuff. Like, you yeah. Know, like rather than laying on my back waiting for shit, I like you so know, good for cardio as well. Yeah. Wrestling. So I loved wrestling. I thought it was great, but fuck, I'd I'd have like a, a week or two of like good run and then I'd start grappling with guys and then they just pull on the back of my head and it would just be like yeah and then I'd be out for like fucking three weeks you know yeah like, when you're trying to run a gym as well you yeah, can't afford to be injured exactly. all the time yeah I felt like I was just taking like one step forward two steps back all the fucking time because I kept getting injured so I sort of let go of that but um yeah I mean it was it was a dream like to have an MMA fight for sure because I think my striking style was suit MMA like really well yeah I've, I've watched a few of your fights like from back in there and you you, you don't a, a, traditional Muay Thai fighter yeah. you, you definitely like throw hands more like a western boxer yeah, yeah. which obviously and you you do move a little bit more yeah. lateral as well which and is important which is something that because <laughs> yeah, yeah. Zach knows how to move forward but you moved a little bit more laterally which yeah. obviously suits MMA and I mean especially now my footwork now is probably fucking 20 times better than it was when I was fighting like I, I move and it's weird because I'm the heaviest I've ever been but I move heaps better now than I used to. Like, I mean, I switch stances all the time. And yeah. Fluent, like. And you see, you have to be able to fight out of both stances in yeah. MMA. Even in boxing now, it's becoming more prevalent guys that fight mm. out of both stances. Yeah. Um, I think probably, I don't know what you guys think in boxing, but my opinion is like Terence Crawford's probably the pound for pound king, yeah. in my opinion. He switches stances regularly. Yeah. Um, 
Fury. We see Fury do Fury it all the time. And we did, didn't see, uh, even Derek Chisora did it today against yeah. Uzbek. He, he fought out of southpaw. Yeah. And he actually had more success landing his right jab out of southpaw. He just he couldn't throw a power shot from there. You could tell yeah. it wasn't natural to him. But all the best MMA fighters, in especially the, like John Jones, is a perfect example. Fights out of both stances. Dillashaw, Dillashaw, Dominic Cruz. Yeah. They all switch stances so well. Yeah. That it's created so much more. Angles I've noticed, like yeah. especially defensively too. Yeah, um, especially offensively and defensively. Loma as well, of course. With him. Loma Chenko, yeah, well. is a natural right-hander yeah. who fights out of southpaw all the time. That's why most of the time he rocks guys with right his lead right hook. Yeah, because he's because he's naturally he's right handed. Yeah. Um. So tell us a little bit about your your goals, mate. You want to have a fight? I definitely want to fight MMA, but yeah, I don't want to disrespect the sport. You know, I want to put a lot of you got to put the time in. Yeah, you know, my grappling's obviously. Shocking at the moment. So. <laughs> but you've got a willingness to learn, yeah. and, you're, and you're, you're a very stubborn person. <laughs> yeah. And he takes an ass whooping. He <laughs> yeah. takes it better than anyone. Yeah, yeah. He takes it with the biggest smile on it, his it face. Does. He does. He almost asks for it. Yeah, there's, there's no <laughs> doubt about it, man. Like the, the amount of lickings I've given him in the gym, and he's just like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he loves it. It's good. Nah, I, I just, yeah, I really enjoy I'm really enjoying just the. Just the martial arts journey, man. I just, I don't know. I'd be, I don't know where I'd be. If I, well, I know where I'd be. Not a good spot yeah. from where I came from. So yeah, it's just, I'm just enjoying it. So yeah. People always look at like fighters and think like, oh, you've got to be a bit of a thug or a yeah. bit of a, a psycho. Or you've got to have this mentality. But I think like you, you find that most guys are pretty, pretty chilled and pretty good, but have maybe been in the dark place at some yeah. point and martial yeah. arts pulls you out of it. But oh, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah, most people know about man. Yeah. I was an ice addict for like six years before I started doing martial arts. So I mean, without doing martial arts, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to get off. Get yeah. Off so mm. yeah, it's a good thing. And now I'm obviously starting to be a drug and alcohol counselor. So life kind of takes you in this full circle. So yeah. And you credit it all to, to training martial 100%, arts. 100%. 100%. Yeah. At, at the time when I started martial arts, I was still struggling a bit. And if I didn't have that constant happiness of like, martial arts to push me away I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't have been able to break away finally in the end you know addicts probably make some of the best fighters yeah because they've been to dark places man and you can't push them anywhere yeah, darker than where they've already been that's exactly right there's yeah. no quit in them like no. Court McGee was I don't know if you know yeah. his story like, he was one of the toughest dudes in Matt, martial arts Matt Brown Matt Brown yeah. Oh, yeah how can we not talk about <laughs> Matt Brown being probably one of the toughest humans on the yeah, planet yeah that's right and he was like a full blown like heroin junkie and yeah. fucking went to prison and all like, yeah We've seen, so I think, yeah, that, that, that's, that's something that, like, you just can't go any darker than where you've been. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what happens to you in the ring or the cage. You, you, that's what I mean. Like, when I'm getting my ass whipped, I'm like, ah, so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, things should be much worse. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. And also, it gives you that, like, compulsiveness to train, which yeah. I think is pretty important to be a successful fighter. Like, yeah, it gives you another focus as well. Like, yeah. Because that, that's the thing that most addicts, habitual people yeah. like they find you know drugs was drugs yeah. were their yeah. habits yeah you know like they were habitual with their drug use so then they need to find some other thing to be habitual with so once they get in the train you often find that addicts go you know get yeah. right into it because we've had another guy in our gym um lee the guy with, mm, yeah uh, he, you know he's open all the time about how he, he was an ice addict as well and he and he's same thing he's been clean for a couple of years now and he came across our gym and he said he was really anxious about coming in first like but now he's there like four times a week and he fucking loves it, you know. And that's, I, I found that with, because obviously I've been involved in fucking martial arts and Muay Thai since I was 13 or something. So baby. 17, <laughs> 18 years. So I've seen it a lot. I've seen a lot of guys that were former drug addicts and, and you do see it because, like I said, they're habitual people and once they find something to replace that yeah. addiction with, they just, they're just right into it, you know. It's, just, it's my happy place. It really is. Like, yeah. I definitely, like, this year was 
definitely a struggle, I think, for a lot of people. Like, yeah, it definitely fell into yeah. like I put on like 15 kilos. Yeah, because I tore a muscle in my back at the start of the year. I was out for like three months. And then I was just, I have bad habits again. COVID hit. COVID, I was shot. drinking all the time. Yeah. Like I put on heap of weight and it was just, I fell myself back. Like I know that I can fall into really bad patterns sometimes. Yeah. But now, yeah, I'm loving training again since like, you know, I've been like training and helping the fighters up at Gorilla. Like you guys got guys training. coming up to well, fight as well. Potentially. Got yeah. Got a couple, yeah. We, we had um, a girl matched up on Apex for their opponent pulled out the other day. So What weight? Uh, 60, around 60 kilos. Okay. Um, she's at, she hasn't had a fight yet yeah. to be her first one but she could probably sucks. get between like 58 and 61 I think I, I put her weight down as yeah, yeah she'll, she'll do alright as, as long as she fucking gets someone <laughs> maybe maybe uh, we, we might have someone maybe I don't know like, yeah. we've, got, so we've been looking for a fight at 58 57, 58 yeah okay for Jackie for Jackie yeah, yeah. Oh, your buddy used to train Jackie yeah I used to train Jackie <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. maybe not yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah what it's funny, you know, because I, I work. If you ask Jackie, she'll back this story up. I used to train Jackie down at Punk. Yeah. And she wanted to train with the fighters, but like she had this, she didn't think she was good enough and didn't think that she could do it. And I was, I sort of had the first discussion with her about it. She came to me about it, and I was like, you know, just fucking give it a go, man. You're pretty tenacious. Like, you got good skills. Like, just get in there. And, and that's when she actually first started to take it seriously. And then I left. And she was hell bummed about it. <laughs> Sorry, Jackie. <laughs> she's tough. She's, yeah. tough. she's a legend. And she's I've seen like, all yeah. of her fights. Yeah, I really like Jason. I thought Moore. she won her last fight. Yeah. I know you guys called it. You guys would know more about Moy Carter than what I do. Yeah. But I thought she didn't have to win. I think she was more effective than her opponent was. She yeah. fought that girl from Flinders, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah she did. She's, she's, yeah, tough girl, Jackie. She's cool. It's so, like, I don't want to shit on the judging, but it's just... It's, 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 it's yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit hit and miss. I mean... You found it with your fight, didn't you? Like, you- yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I can't criticize it all that much because my understanding of Muay Thai is nothing on you guys. Like, I've always been like a boxing purist in MMA. I sort of skipped the Muay Thai part. I wanted to jump in because I wanted to have a kickboxing fight, and they just it didn't happen. Two guys pulled out, so I ended up having a Muay Thai fight with uh, Brian Muller from yeah, uh, Brossa, and he's yeah. obviously a Muay Thai specialist. Yeah, that's what he does. He clinches people. Yeah, and, and knees. I, I, yeah, and knees, and I found like. The, the fight I, I mean I, I went back and watched it a few times I thought I won the first two rounds and lost the last round because he dominated the clinch in the last round and yeah. I just was too complacent because it wasn't I wasn't getting hurt there I was very complacent in there but when I spoke to some of the judges they sort of said that um, you know like maybe because he's forward pressure even though I was like cutting angles and hitting and stuff was what what does it and so I can't I can't argue but I, I sort of found that like I always after that fight like that was the first one other than Brando who obviously was fighting at a Red Star slash Trinity we'd like enter people into kickboxing fights because we obviously wanted to branch that way and I thought well I've boxed like before yeah. and done MMA I, I should probably lead the way if I'm going to be doing it so I thought I'd go do it and then we knew what to expect and I sort of got across the message to the guys that if you're fighting in Muay Thai we're not you know, the most the best at scoring it or we might not understand the system as well as what we do in MMA so go and try and finish the fight mm. and you've seen like the twins <laughs> the twins fights they fought fantastic what's the other lad's name Taylor uh, Taylor that was, a, that was a wicked that fight. was a really good fight against Goran Goran yeah, 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 yeah Flex. that was a sick fight um, yeah, that, that, that could have went either yeah, way yeah. that was close that, I mean Goran's had eight or nine, no, nine, ten MMA fights and that was his like third or fourth game. and that was fights. Taylor's second fight yeah, like, yeah. You know? but then we saw in Taylor's next fight in the cage when he went into an MMA fight the, the experience him, didn't he? Yeah, yeah the experience paid off yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we sort of talk. Because that's about the process now, isn't it? For Trinity, they have to have striking. Yeah. So we we've got a process where you have to go through a trial weight cut. You have to do a trial. Other we used to do trial fights with other gyms, but they're quite hard to organise now because 
we never used to be like sort of competitors, but now you might that maybe rip off an amateur like fight club kind of thing, or like yeah, like, actual, like, a, yeah. like yeah, interclub. So that we we decided to go like through the interclub route with like Pinky. We did some with him, which yeah. was awesome. Pumps did a couple as yeah. well. So it's just a, like a good way to, to to get out and do that. And then we would match you up. You have to do a jiu-jitsu comp or multiple jiu-jitsu comps, and also a striking fight before you were nominated to have an MMA fight. So yeah. that's sort of our system now. So it'll be more relaxed by the time that gets to the whole process. Yeah, and we've seen yeah. like the re- benefits of like Levi Collins in his fight. Last time we saw a guy who was like a really good jiu-jitsu practitioner, um, but Levi had a striking fight. He'd have multiple jiu-jitsu comps and anywhere the fight was, Levi looked good. And so he's he trying to get the armbar standing up. Or yeah. was it Kimura, was it? Or yeah, something? the Kimura, he switched and then he ended and up knocking down. with the uppercut, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And then you saw Taylor as well. Like he, he'd had those couple of fights and he fought the dude who had the MMA fights, but Taylor was so calm. He was out striking him, got the takedown, ended up getting the mount and getting the finish. So the Fizz was another one who went through that post process. Uh, PJ Van Guyen, who's fighting on on Apex as well, he went through that process. And it's been a, I mean, I don't know what you, what, what you can speak about your first fight process was, but I just got, I just had a, went in straight to have a pro fight. Yeah. <laughs> when I first fought, because I came from a fucking hell small gym, like really small gym, so we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. Like, <laughs> even, even out of the back we didn't know how to wrap in we didn't, we didn't know the process of the show nothing yep. so. it's a funny story your first fight yeah, you just like, rocked blind. up there yeah. just you and Kev on it yeah, me Kevin Trudge yeah, yeah. <laughs> just blind as fuck Kev sitting there wrapping my hands sweating bullets and shaking wrapping my hands Trudge is crying because like it's the first time anyone represented his gym so he's sitting there with tears oh, in his eyes and I'm like I'm fucking fighting yeah I'm doing fighting <laughs> 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 what the fuck is this shit but yeah, no, it was, I mean, it was on Knees of Fury too, like the biggest show in SA. Yeah, so. and I mean, was that at It's a Park Days? Or? Nah, that was just before It's a Park Days started, but I did fight at It's a Park. Yeah. That was massive. Though. Some yeah. of those It's a Park shows, man, they were, they were huge. Yeah, I actually fought Luke at It's a Park. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, the other coach from Gorilla, yeah. Yeah. I fought Luke at It's a Park. Was, I did. Yeah. Sorry, what? <laughs> with what? What'd you get him with? Um, I dropped him twice with hands and yeah. then I uh, got him with a knee in the clinch. I don't know how you hate like Paddy ate a flush head switch kick. kick and Luke Luke kicks really fucking Luke hard. Kicks. Yeah, you've, you've spoken about this before. <laughs> yeah, and Luke's kicks Paddy's hands and Luke's fucking kicks. Yeah, my so, brain, my brain's been the fucking. And it's funny, you know, because I watched that video still, and I don't know what the fuck was going on because I very rarely get hit with switch kicks because I've got a good read on it. As soon as people switch, I get out of the way yeah. or I'll counter it and. We're in the first round, just sort of standing there in front of each other, and he just switches like, and it wasn't a quick switch; it was like switch. Big power switch. And I, not only did I knock it out of the way, <laughs> went into it, my hand <laughs> and lent into it, and his shin. So you did everything you could to let him knock you yeah, out, and it didn't right. happen. So and his shin just clapped off the side of my head, like I had a big swollen lump above my ear where his shin wrapped around my head. And he you the face, didn't he? Yeah, because he rocked me, and I sort of stood back, and he grabbed me in the clinch, and he started kneeing me, and he plowed a knee into my nose and split all the bridge of my nose open. But he reckons I can't really remember because I was rocked. But he reckons I laughed when I needed him. When he, needed me <laughs> he reckons he needed me in the face, and I lifted my head up and went Whoa! and laughed. And he was like, "What the fuck?" That's a pretty <laughs> natural reaction or, or telling thing. Like when people give you the nod or they smile, you know you've given them a they good shot. Yeah, but yeah. Luke's come a long way. Like Luke would openly admit that like his heart wasn't as. In it back then, it's like yeah. you know, but when he fought Brian, though, that was one of the best fights I've ever watched in my life. Like, yeah, Luke and Brian was fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah, five yeah. round war. What, what show was that on? Brosser, Brosser. That's I did. Yeah, I've seen that fight. Yeah. That was that was epic. Insane. Yeah, those two, they, 
beat each other up. But both your fights, your fight with Tim as well. Yeah, my I was like, was I was just fucking. I was like, can't you guys just fight fucking safe? Like, but all of our guys, are, I think it's just the way we train. Yeah. Man. It's the way we train. The way You're we... a bit of a wild man as well. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I know, so I'll get right into it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the way we tra- we train to fight aggressively is just the way because that's how I used to fight. Yeah. I used to fight in exciting fights. Like I thought. If I if I'd be standing, my mindset when I was fighting someone wasn't trying to point score; it was trying to finish the fight yep. all the time. And if we were standing there and they're not doing anything, I'd be like, "Well, I've got to do something." Yep. I, I hated pauses in the action, so I train our guys sort of the same way. Like, yep. Don't just stand there and wait; like, fucking do something. And the crowd, and so, and, and, but it's a it's a good it's a good style. The crowd gets in. They love crowd like, loves me it. Me as a coach, it stresses me the fuck out. <laughs> do you find coaching much more stressful than fighting fuck yourself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. I used to love like. When I was fighting, especially towards the end when I had a bit more experience, I was like fucking happy. I was out the back. Like I'd be like listening to music and dancing around and just being a fucking wanker out the back. But as a coach, I'm like... You're a nervous wreck, aren't you? Yeah, you've, you've got so much invested into this person yeah. and you've got so little control of the exactly. actual night of what's going to happen exactly. and the outcome. Yeah. I, I mean, I put out a video a while ago about like the difference between coaching and fighting. Yep. And I was talking about how... Um, yeah, like one of the biggest things is that you know that when you, when they're in there, you can't do shit. You can, you can train them to the best of your abilities, get them in the best shape of their life, give them the best game plan ever. Yeah, and then they get in there and they could freeze up. Yep. you know, or they could get caught in the first round, get rocked, and then they're on autopilot for the rest of the fight, and, you, and there's nothing. You it can doesn't do. matter what what direction or constructive feedback yeah. you can give them. Nothing happens. That you can't you can't yeah. change what's happening. Exactly, and it, it, you feel so like real powerless. Yeah, it's the biggest emotional relief when like a fight night's over yeah you know what I mean like even win lose or draw like when your fighters have come out and they're if they're safe and whatnot or, and whatnot you're just like oh yeah, thank god fuck, uh, yeah. oh that was like, when, it, when I was fighting it was sort of like well I'm kind of a piece of what can happen to me yeah um you know, let's let let's go. Let's and go it's yeah. me responsible for me. I'm going to yeah. take all the action and whatnot. So, yeah. but when when someone else is in there, yeah, like I love I love cornering and you know co- coaching, but also it's the night of the actual fight is stressful. Yeah. It's hard when you're close to the people as well. That you yeah, we're, we're a pretty close near gym. Like we're all pretty good mates with each other. And, yeah, you know. Like, so not only are they like your student, but they're your good friend exactly. as well. Yeah, especially when him and Luke fought because me, Luke, and Zach like have been mates for years and we're like three best mates outside of them. Uh, you know, both of them fought on the same. Night. Yeah, <laughs> like fucking hectic fights. So, how did you feel fighting on the same night as each other? Who fought first? I did. Luckily, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. how did you feel on that? Well, I mean, because his fight was fucking mental too. Because Tim Barson come out like a fucking man possessed and was just putting it on Zach, and I'm like, and then Zach just hit him with a fucking spinning back fist and dropped him, and I was and like, we thought the fight was over, but it wasn't. And then Tim come back again, and, and I was the most gassed I've ever been. Yeah, like, yeah. Last it was just Patty's talking to me at the end of the second round. I was like, I just got to not get finished, man, because yeah. I can't even hold my hand. It was up just right an now. emotional yeah. roller coaster. Yeah. Who won? Did you win? It was a draw. It was a draw. A draw. Yeah. Jesus. So how did you feel going into your fight, seeing one of your best mates? It was Luke's fight. Luke, so him and. Luke for oh so, sorry yeah so how was what was Luke's mindset like going in his fight then? Luke was alright because I don't think he watched your fight I, nah. I think he watched a bit of it yeah. oh no, no, he, he, no, he was in the corner. He, he was, was in the corner. The corner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, he was in the corner. I looked at like twenty five. Yeah, he, he yeah, took it. He, he took it pretty, pretty well. Yeah, he he, t- he took it pretty well. He looked sharp, man, that night. Yeah, yeah on the pads. Yeah, he was like he threw everything by the kitchen sink at Brian, man. Like hit him Brian, with a, Brian Muller's <laughs> one of the toughest human beings. Spinning back elbow, yeah. hit him with like Luke just blew his gas a little bit. Like if Luke had just paced himself a little bit more, I think he would have won. But yeah, yeah, technically, fuck yeah. yeah. Brian, that. as he said, he's he's so he's he just walks forward and he's tough. 
I, I hit him with some good shots as well. I thought I had him wobbled in the third round, but he's just able to just keep walking Man, forward. He could just take it out. And one of the nicest people to spar yeah. with. Like, and nicest guys to talk to as well. Like, yeah. Such a good training partner. Like, we spar, like, Brian comes up all the time. Yeah, part. we spar with Brian pretty regularly. He's good. Yeah, he's just a, gen- he's just a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Most people are, though. So there's a fact, doesn't he like shear sheep for a job or something like that? He I think used that's to? what he was doing. Yeah. yeah, when I heard that, I was like, I know I'm in for a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, shit. And the fact that he's Kiwi as well, like yeah. he's an I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. I knew he was bigger than me because, like, like, I just took the fight, whatever weight class, whatever rules they were going to give me. Um, and, that, and then when I found that, yeah, as soon as I heard he was a sheep shearer, and I'm like, oh, and I saw him, and like, he's a pretty solid guy. This is going to be, this is going to be a fun night. This is going to yeah. be tough. Yeah, yeah. He's a tough we beat him guy. tough. Beat him tough in Oz, though. Like, there's not many people that. I watch and I was like, even all the Aussies that you see fighting in the US, they're always tough dudes. Yeah. yeah. There's not many, there's, Aussies don't quit easily, I think. Nah. Do you guys believe into the farm boy strength? Have you, have you ever <laughs> yeah, grappled I, with Tim Rogers? I haven't grappled with Tim, but like, we've got a few guys that used to come. What's that guy from Barossa that used to come, the one that Luke broke his rib? Oh, Sam. Sam. Yeah, yeah. He's like a little nugget man, yeah, like, picks up. Yeah. I've never grappled with Tim. So Tim, yet. I don't know if you. I mean, I've met Tim. Have you ever watched any of Tim's fights? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Do you watch when he fought Karim, the the fellow that was like from Cardioflex, ripped to shred? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people looked at that way info though, and Tim's got love handles. Like he was in good, great shape. Because Tim was like me. He was a. He used to be a big boy. He was a big boy. Like when he started, he was like one fifteen, one twenty. He was like, "Come on, let me have a spar. Let me have a spar." He's the most enthusiastic guy ever, and we're just like, "You gotta get your weight down. You gotta do this. You gotta do that." He did everything, and then like now he's still got like the strength of that. That's that big man country boy, but in like a a lightweight body. Mm, He's scary. Is that what he fights lightweight? Yeah, he's yeah. Su- yeah. Cuz he's undefeated, isn't he? Yeah, 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 he's won so he's had he won all his amateur fights um by stoppage yeah. and then he won his first two pro fights by stoppage and then he got his last one, he had a decision um win that so TKOs or stops? Uh so he got a, his first pro fight was a rear naked choke, yeah. dropped drop him there rear naked choke and the second one was um TKO. Yeah. Um that was one of the most epic fights again. You can tell he loves the fight when I watch his fights like he, 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 he yeah. enjoys the scrap. He's one of those guys that like goes to that next level under the lights you know what yeah, I mean like yeah. some of us freeze a little bit like some of us are better in the gym I think I've been a victim of that sometimes in my career of being like better in training in than what I am in, yeah. in, in, like when I fought into state I haven't had that problem but maybe in SA I haven't performed as well as what I yeah. what I should but Tim's one of those guys that like throw me under the spotlight throw me in under the most amount of pressure with the most amount of my friends there yeah. and I will go to another level yeah, yeah. I, I, You're I, a was, like that. I was a performer yeah. Yeah. even kept my coach used to joke about it yeah. he's like Paddy's a performer he's like if someone just walks in the gym, he hits pads better. He's like, if someone's watching, he'll fucking hit the pads yeah. better. It's like he likes people watching. Him. I froze up a bit my my second fight against him in that first round. It took me usually. I hate it, but it usually takes me like get a few fucking punches in my head before I actually wake, <laughs> like, wake up. The Doris Griffin approach. Yeah, yeah, like I hate it, but it's like even my last last fight against. And Mally was really good, like he was a really tough kid, but like really good gym too. Yeah, Miller's, from um, Don Miller's gym. super fight in Victoria. Yeah, yeah. and um, he was like, yeah. Don Miller said he's like, ah, oh, he loves the scrap, and pays like, oh, Zach likes the scrap, so it's gonna be a fun fight. But yeah, yeah. I was coming out and it cracked me. I'm like, ah, oh, that's right, I'm gonna fight now. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Fight. So if you have an MMA fight one day, how are you gonna feel about fighting to a game plan, Zach? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try my best. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I was in a really good spot mentally. Like I did sort of follow our game plan. A little bit. I can't even remember what the fucking game plan was. But. I do, I do have that bad problem of getting sucked into fights a bit. Yeah, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll do, do my best to follow a game plan. <laughs> I, I, I get caught in the opposite sometimes. I get caught like not 
getting into enough of a firefight yeah. a few times, like where I felt like I could have like got into a firefight and I'd, I'd not done it, like as a victim of like maybe like being a little bit like, oh, well, I'm winning, so I'm not doing any like too much. Yeah. And, and then sometimes that can backfire on you in close fights and stuff. So yeah. I, like something I've been trying to work on is like letting go a little bit more in a fight. Yeah. yeah. No, my problem is the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not like, letting go so much. No, no, I was an aggressive motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> too, too aggressive. It cost me a couple of fights just getting ultra aggressive. Where you were like winning and then you got caught. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Blow your gas as just well. Just pull on like adrenaline dump just by fighting way too aggressively. And like you you would fight two minute rounds, was it? Or three? Two. two. Like that's a sprint. Like people don't yeah. understand how hard like people look at the round timers and judge it just on purely time, but fighting even like three twos is bloody hard because you're sprinting for yeah, six minutes. That's right, you're but, trying to stay on top. Well, there's with the longer rounds, you can sort of like you'll get moments to rest and you'll get you moments. Have to pace it, don't you? Yeah, you go like between your anaerobic to aerobic system. But yeah. when you're in those two minute rounds, it's sort of like I've only got six minutes to do something here. Yeah. I better put my foot down. Yeah, in a five minute round, you got more time to turn it tight. You know what that's I mean? That's right. Like, you, might, you might start off the round a bit shaky for the first like two minutes, but you can win the next three. Yeah, you know what I mean? You, you give yeah. up a minute and a half. Of, of round feeling someone out in yeah. a two minute round and the rounds unless exactly. you're dropping the dude the round's away from you exactly that's right yeah, it goes it's, so, it goes yeah, I've always said it's like but it's so quick but also the longest fucking two minutes of your life yeah. like, it goes like that but it's also like so long it's yeah. weird it's, it's just a weird time experience time seems to stand still when yeah. you're in there I remember when I fought in Perth uh, against one of Riddler's boys Dylan Olsen and that was a pretty high paced fight I mean all my fights are pretty high paced because it was the way I fought but like we got into the last round, and I'm, I remember thinking, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm up, like I'm yeah. winning. And then I heard the fucking the ref go. I threw a combo at him, and I was like, "Oh man, I think I'm starting to get a bit gassed." Eh? And then I heard the ref go, 30 seconds left." So I was like, "Fuck!" And just just, <laughs> got, just jumped on him and hung there. And I was yeah. just, I'm just gonna stay here for 30 seconds. I'll win this fight. Yeah, Did you yeah. win? Yeah, that's yeah. all right. Your last fight, when yeah. like you bad, like bashed him, but like what was like, I was last like four seconds, and dude hit you with that body kick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking hit me straight in the liver. Come yeah. Right, like, you see, Patty, like ah. Oh. Yeah, I fought a K1 fight, my last fight, and. Like gave him an eight count in every round. It was a three round yeah, fight. Yeah. Dropped him in every round. And then right was in it, when there was ten seconds left. He just goes whack, and just because he was a southpaw, just because I was open like that as well. Hit me right in the liver, and I was like, oh. <laughs> and then he comes charging at me, and then the bell goes. Yeah, and I was God. like, thank oh. God, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Do you, what do you guys think on this uh, about fighters knowing the scores in between rounds from judges and crowds? Do you agree or disagree with that? I don't know. I think, I, I think I think it would work for some people, but it would also like be detrimental to some people. I yeah. think some people would overthink it too. Some people would be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna wake up now." Like, it just depends on the person. I think. Yeah. I think they should do maybe open scoring for the UFC though. That's what I think. I, I'm I'm pro like, advocate for open scoring in yeah. the tournament, especially in a five minute round. Yeah, glory think- do it, don't they? Glory do open scoring. I'm pretty sure. Is it glory? Mm, I don't know actually. I'm not sure. But you get like like. You said five minutes a long time, like two minutes a long time in a fight when you're in mm. there and it's a firefight. You forget what happened. You don't know if you won the round or not. Yeah. Sometimes a corner doesn't know. The judges don't even know half the time because they, you know, you drop someone in the first thirty seconds and then they they come back and have a good last four, yeah. four minutes. Yeah. Who they score the round to? They get a little bit confused. So I'm for open scoring in MMA. Uh, yeah, I definitely. Um, I know it takes away the excitement from the crowd and the and the winner is and whatnot. But overall, like if you're if if you're the part of the crowd or you're part of the fight team and you know that it's two two going to the last round. 
you're going to have a crack, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, or if right. you know you're down four rounds, but you still got something you're in you. are trying to finish. It, so I don't know. That, that's my argument. Anyway. Maybe in professionals, maybe open scoring would be good. Like maybe amateurs like keep it like closed. But yeah, yeah. I think I think definitely professionals would be a good idea. Yeah. I think it would bring the better out in MMA anyway. I don't know about other sports, but and boxing, I think as well. Like over a twelve round fight, you sort of lose track of what's gone on. Especially, yeah, especially right. if there's funky judging. Like if the ju- yeah. if you're like, oh, man, oh, I'm winning this fight, and then like you sit like you're coasting a little bit, and then you see the judges like giving him the impression, and you're like, did, oh, I got to finish this guy did, or something. Did you guys watch the Lomachenko Lopez fight? I watched no. it after the fact. I did, didn't watch what, it at the time, but those scores were horrible. Yeah, one of the judges. What what fight was he watching? Yeah, it was even close. Like I think he Lopez won by two rounds. Yeah. But I thought I thought maybe seven five Lopez, yeah. maybe six six Lomachenko, but to, it was like ten to two. How yeah. could, how, like, it, it comes back to the Adelaide Bird Canelo scorecard. <laughs> oh, yeah. Golovkin, yeah. like how do you get those bizarre scorecards? Fury, and there was, Fury Wilder won. Oh. What happened there? <laughs> Wilder won one two rounds, two rounds, yeah. and he won, and they drew yeah, the ten, fight. Eight, yeah ten eight. But even like you give him the two rounds, it's like one was a draw and one gave Wilder four more rounds. It's like how? <laughs> Where does this happen? Like. Like, do you think it's corruption or, or incompetence? I think boxing it is. Yeah, I think it's because of money. I think boxing for sure because they always want the they want the rematch. The yeah. rematch is the big money fight. Boxing's fun. Golovkin and Canelo definitely think there was yeah. some corruption, some corruption there. there and which Fury. which fought the first fight? Yeah, yeah. What do you think of the second fight? I thought Canelo won the second fight. Yeah, so I was. I had Golovkin winning the first and Canelo winning the second. I fight. was at the first fight. And I, yeah, that would have been wicked. I don't know because I was there. Yeah. I, at the time, I was like. I think I, I think Canelo won, like, but I think it could have been the pro Mexican crowd. Because you know, like, like it was, even though there was there was some decent amount of Kazakhs, that was on a Mexican Independence Long Weekend in Las yeah, Vegas. Yeah. It's like bigger than it's big as New Year's. There's Mexicans that's everywhere. Cinco de Mayo, going, isn't it? No, not Cinco de Mayo. That's that's in May. That's right, it's yeah. Mexican Independence, like Australia Day there, yeah. Australia Day, yeah. and it's nuts. Like there's Mexican. what was that like? Being in that crowd, that oh, was it was amazing, man. Like the atmosphere, and even outside the arena, there's like thirty thousand like Mexican fans, Canelo, yeah. Canelo, yeah. going around going nuts. So I think that might have warped my perception of yeah. who won yeah, the yeah. fight. But the second one, I definitely thought Canelo won. Those big fights are cool because like Paddy went to Highland and Rousey. I went to Whitaker and. Um, out of Sunday, Sunday I mean, yeah. that was yeah I was at Holman Rousey as well that, yeah, uh, I didn't disappointment make disappointment seeing like your hero get fucking slept but, you know, <laughs> that, that was that was hard the atmosphere was sick they just look around there's 60,000 people around like fucking I still think watching like a Conor McGregor fight yeah. like live would be amazing the Irish fan it yeah. would be unbelievable man. yeah the, the Irish fans uh, bring it they bring yeah, the head my, so I've got family in Northern Ireland and my, my cousin Stuart went was in Dublin when Conor fought Brandau yeah, wow. And he said it was the, cr- the like, noise. That was like the shaking crowd. the octagon. Yeah, that, he said that it was just fucking unreal. Like, it was the same thing. They all wait outside the arena, like, there's so little Conor McGregor. Yeah. And that was like Conor McGregor on the way up. Yeah. Like, yeah. building that hype and that. Yeah. I've, I've got Irish background as well, like from, from the south of Ireland and, oh, all yeah. and yeah. stuff. And yeah, like, there's Irish people know how to, how to celebrate, how to party, nuts. and how to go nuts. <laughs> they go nuts, eh? I went to the Colev Canelo fight last year. I was in Vegas. Just oh, happened to be in Vegas. I went to that and the most a moment, uh, a moment the crowd went nuts was actually when they voted the Masvidal Diaz fight because <laughs> <laughs> they stopped the card they stopped yeah. the fight to play Masvidal Diaz really? and like people went nuts when they had the walk they didn't announce that they were going to do this they actually shortened the card because Ryan Garcia got a knockout in the first round and they had planned to stream Masvidal Diaz and they showed the rock on the screen and people were looking around thinking The Rock was there <laughs> obviously not realising that he was giving away the BMF belt yeah. being a boxing fight yeah the crowd went absolutely mental for the Diaz-Masvidal fight <laughs> and it wasn't as mental for the Kolev 
and Canelo fight yeah. until Canelo got the, the knockout. Yeah, I was surprised yeah. how well Canelo did. Like, I didn't think he, he was, I didn't think he was going to win like that. Nah, Collin didn't really because Collin's pretty like he's like straightforward pressure fighter. He didn't really do that. Nah, he was like a back foot. he's big too. He's a big dude. Like what? Two weight classes went up. Yeah, the one way to win that fight for Canelo was what Collin let him do. Like, you know, he wasn't the same Collin that fought Andre Ward those two times. But still was super impressive by Canelo. But I was just blown away by how nuts the crowd went from Masvidal Diaz. <laughs> that that fight went exactly how I thought it was going to go. Masvidal Diaz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like Diaz going like Masvidal gasses out. Like, when has Masvidal ever gassed out? Diaz has been in two five round fights and lost oh, both of them. That <laughs> is that makes me so mad when all these Diaz. I was just I, dick, I was just Diaz about to start riders. getting warmed up. I couldn't run before the fight. Yeah. Oh, the Diaz. All the Diaz dick riders like he's a five round fighter. It's like can he's been in two five round fights and he lost both. Yeah, Benson oh, Henderson bashed by Head yeah. Benson. And like, Connor and him was close, but Connor pulled out the decision. Yeah. I yeah. believe that was the right call. Yeah. But Masvidal, if you look at the whole of Masvidal's career, he hasn't really been beat up in any fight. Matt, he, Matt. Like even the Usman fight, yeah, he lost, mm. but it wasn't like he took a lot of damage. On know? six he, days as well, he like. doesn't get like, and he's a lot of his losses have been close split decision. I, I feel like stuff. I feel like he's he's guilty of just coasting because yep. he thinks yeah. he's winning, and then it, like people that's where maybe him. open scoring yeah. would work for someone like a Masvidal because he's just come out and murdered everyone, hasn't he? I yeah. want to see him and Usman again. Yeah, he's got to he's got to probably get a win and work his way up. The Gilbert, oh, Gilbert Burns is gonna yeah that, that fight makes sense. Yeah. It's the was he called him Street Judas? Yeah, <laughs> but Col- Colby's a, a. What do you think of Colby as like a fighter or, or just it, as as a whole? What do you think? Obviously, we were, I love him. I respect him as a fighter. I love watching him fight. Yeah. He's an entertainer. Yeah. I don't know if he's actually like that as a person. He's or not. not. No, no, he's not. No. Um, he's is he even a Trump supporter? I think he is now. Yeah. But was yeah. he originally, or did he just jump on the MAGA bandwagon to get some, like to be get controversial? And then, him. like that, Trump actually called him and invited him to the White House. He did become a fan, or was he actually a Trump fan? Yeah, I don't know. Masvidal was a massive Trump fan as well. Yeah, he gets no hate. I mean, what? No, everyone loves Masvidal. Let's, let's not get political. But no, no. Biden's no better though, is he? Go on, no. Like. <laughs> um, <laughs> ma- ma- mas- no, Masvidal was like can do no wrong at the moment he's, nah. he, the UFC need to jump on this popularity of Masvidal and make him and Col- Colby fight but the problem is I don't know what happens if they fight because I don't. I, I think Colby may win mm. yeah I don't know I'm not, I'm not really sure I think Masvidal stood up to Usman's wrestling a hell of a lot I think they can both win I think they definitely both win I'm just like I'd, I, I would rather see in my opinion I'd love to see Masvidal and Connor fight because mm. I think Masvidal is one of the guys in the UFC that can stand with Connor yeah he'll, yeah. Be, he'll bash Connor yeah. I think he beats I think he's a bit big as well yeah. like he's yeah. solid I'd love to see that fight um only I think it would be competitive for a couple of rounds, but like I just can't see kind of finishing Masvidal because Masvidal's his chin, chin is just stupid. Like, yeah, yeah. And he's too smart too. Yeah, way too smart. Like, he, look at he, the he, he, he come out and said he doesn't think people beat Connor without wrestling. Mm. That's what Masvidal said. Yeah, okay. That's what he came out and said the other day because they talk about Connor and Portier fighting, and he mm. said Dustin needs to wrestle with Connor. Yeah, I think Paul, I think Connor will win if Portier just tries yeah, to stand in front of him. I think I think he probably will too because I think he'll want to get that back so yeah. bad. Like, he oh yeah, Jacken Dustin gets suckered in. He, yeah, his brain, like he's in like the mindset. Yeah, he, he loves a fight, doesn't he? Yeah. Like, he does have a bit of a, an, and he hides it pretty well, Poirier. He does have a bit of an ego, but I think that he wants to get that one back, and I think that he could probably he's probably like I can I can knock him out. Yeah, you know? like. But you don't you don't play that. Connor doesn't get chin. he doesn't get knocked out. Nah. Nah. Like yes, like he might have been a little, little bit wobbled against Nate yeah. and he shot. I think he, that's because he was gassed. He was gassed. Yeah, and he even threw like some Khabib, up. man, like 
He didn't even like really like he stumbled back. No, he, he got back up and just threw that knee straight away. <laughs> like, like, and his eyes were on Khabib the whole time. That was like um, that was probably one of the most perfect overhands you could ever land. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the whole idea of a shot thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, like, I'm gonna shoot a ball, dip the head and, and the right hand over the top. Yeah, you know, Khabib's a big lightweight. That yeah, dude that. cuts some serious amount of weight, so he's gonna be hitting you kind of like a truck. Yeah, he's gonna be hitting pretty hard. He's yeah, he's got a stupid chin, man. So like the Chad Mendes fight when Chad just like oh. Chad used to like kill everyone. Chad's like hitting him with those hooks. He's just like. Yeah, just shaking his head. <laughs> there was that one because Chad's best punches are his overhand and his left hook. And yep. there was that one sequence where he's backing up and he just goes overhand, left hook, both clean on the chin and, and kind of just shook his t- head. Yeah. <laughs> and same as even Aldo when he knocked Aldo out. Aldo yeah, hit him back. with a pretty good left hook and yeah. kind of didn't even look like it phased him yeah. at all. So. I hated that Mendes. He never went back to that fake the takedown uppercut because like Nick teaches that yeah and that like he was landing that one out all the time he just he just that's a, kind of deteriorated that's a bang boy type thing yeah because he, he that's what bang started teaching and he started teaching it to teach because TJ uses it all the time yeah. he used it on John Lineker like fucking 20 times when he fought John Lineker done bang yeah throw, we do like the touch of the leg and come up yeah or like cut, come over like to fake the takedown and yeah. then obviously next time fake the shot and go into the takedown yeah and it's the same with that dip away head kick as well like Whitaker used it all the yeah. time TJ Dillashaw uses it all the we time call, we actually call it like you know we always have code words and stuff in training and we call it the Dillashaw yeah, you know, yeah. Like we have d- <laughs> yeah. different codes for different things and like we yeah. have a, like did, did some guys that come to our gym we have like Alan Philpot. we call one of his moves a Philpot. yeah and he come down to our gym and he does that all the does time they go bad into the single leg trip isn't it yeah, yeah. He's, he's got to take down these famous yeah. four and then you know like so we look, use those code words and we have like a shield like a move that Jake Shield used to do in the BJ Penn position and yeah, stuff okay. so that like our fighters know it and again that's the difference between striking in MMA and striking in like Muay Thai mm. kickboxing that would never work in Muay Thai no like, no a dip away head kick yeah, just, kick to the head just, yeah it just because <laughs> you're not worried about someone that's, grabbing yeah, hold of your leg exactly so if, you, right. if they dip their head you're just going to throw your kick as yeah, hard as you can yeah, with their yeah, head yeah. you're just going to watch them like I'll dip your head again motherfucker yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah I don't know if you guys ever watched Brian Ebersole do you know Brian yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. do you ever watch him fight when he fought in Muay Thai and he wore a wrestling leotard and he was punching the guy in the quad Oh, and the wow. guy was looking at the ref asking, is he allowed to do that? <laughs> oh, wow. Brian ended up winning. He threw a cart. He came out with a cartwheel kick. That was the first thing he threw. And he Jeez. just, he punched the guy in the quad and stuff. And the guy looked at the ref and he's like, can he do that? Like, like the old Romero style. The old yeah, jabs. The, the, old, the yeah. old quad punch. That, and the MTA, Muay Thai Australia, are actually talking about, like, I think they've actually made it a rule in MTA sanctioned fights that you can't cartwheel kick. If you throw a cartwheel kick, it's classed as a down opponent. Yeah, right. The hand on the mat is classed as a down opponent. Yeah, so. right. You could actually get eight counted if you fucking go. Put your hand. Yeah. yeah sorry, Sam. No more cartwheel kicks. Uh, Sam. Yeah. Sorry, Sam Goodman. <laughs> well, I, I can say I, I, I couldn't throw a cartwheel kick to save my life. So nah. Gonna... There once upon a time I used to try them, but now I don't reckon I wouldn't. I reckon my wrist would fucking yeah. just get out on me. My back would <laughs> just fucking pack up shot. Yeah. I'll be like with a slip over and knock myself out or something. So yeah. Like, it... Even when we do like the gymnastics at Trinity, and I'm like, I know how shit my cartwheels must be. <laughs> <laughs> like I know, like. I can't see them. But I'm like, ah, oh, this can't. This can't look good. But. <laughs> there, there's a couple of people that make it look real pretty, and there's yeah. a couple who make it real ugly. <laughs> I, I think I'm, I'm in the middle. You ever seen? You ever seen the fizz do his? He's, is he good at it? Mom? He does. He does his own. He does everything his own way. Yeah. I call it the fizz wheel. But he gets if you take uh, when you see him, he's like, fizz, give me the fizz wheel. <laughs> he'll get fired up and he'll come out and give it to you. <laughs> that guy is. Uh, he's one of the nicest. Dudes he's a bundle man. of emotion. The fizz. I love that guy. Anytime you're having a bad day, go see the fizz. He's just he. He'll, if you came into our gym, Paddy, he'd come up and go. Hey, my name's Evan. I've seen you fight. I've seen all your fights. Yeah. He, he's an yeah, encyclopedia he's of fighting. Gentleman as well. Yep. Yeah, they were looking good. So yeah, 
So we've got three yep, upcoming. So, so we've got PJ Van Gaen fighting um, shocking with name, but he was the goalie for Adelaide United that now uh, trains out of Cardioflex. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, right. So he's, uh, then we've got uh, Mason Collins fighting Jacob Barron. So Jacob got the close decision over over the Fizz, like Evan... Uh, at the last uh, DFC, of, it was a bit of a like it was an interesting fight. Like what you score, bit of revenge there. A so bit. Well, they actually went to high school together <laughs> yeah, as no well. Shit. So yeah, and yeah. They, 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 Jacob actually called out the twins on the fight uh, on Instagram when Levi was fighting. Oh really? He said, oh, "I'm going to make these boys my bitch or something like Ooh, that." Wee. So there is a little bit of uh, a little bit of animosity that. there. Um, so that's that's going to be interesting. And, and Mason, um, I mean, we know it. Uh, he's, he's a fantastic grappler. You saw him fight in kickboxing. So it's going. Jacob's tough, and he's a, he's a big, bigger guy. So it's going to be an interesting fight. They're super talented, those boys. Those yeah, I can't say enough good things. They're about so Levi fluid with everything they do. When I grapple with them, they're fluid. I see their strike and they're fluid because they've been training a long time. So yeah, they, they've done. They did boxing. Listen they to their podcast with Nick. Like, yeah. They've done jujitsu. Like they, 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 and they're students of the game. Yeah. they go around. They're humble. They mm. listen to anyone. Like anyone who comes in and gives them advice, even if they don't know what they're talking about, they'll take it with respect and and. And, like try and learn something from anyone yeah, proper martial artists yeah and then um, the Fizz is fighting someone from ground level a first timer okay um, more uh, well, good jiu-jitsu practitioner I haven't seen him strikes he hasn't fought seen a few things on the pads and stuff it looks like he's got maybe a bit more of a, a Muay Thai style for striking like a bit more up, up tall um, and obviously the Fizz is quite short stocky yeah. and whatnot. so that big overhand and also he's a good good wrestler as well yeah. so yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be good I'm, I'm looking forward to it I'm, I, I hope Apex does well and I'm, I'm seeing yeah, it goes I'm, I'm interested to see how it all goes especially because they got so many fucking disciplines in the one in the one show you know it's a long day it, it yeah. is a long day we got guys competing in jits during the morning like you know the early morning to the MMA show at night yeah. it's going to be a long day as coaches but yeah. hopefully I mean hey we've got to do something to get combat sports going oh, in this state don't fuck. we yeah we, I mean, I think Ethan Shep's looking to get an easy fury on in December, but I he's got to get to the country though. That's yeah, the issue that's, without that's, having to go back and quarantine. Yeah, I is he in Bali him. or is he in New Zealand now? I think he's in New Zealand. He's back in New Zealand because he was in Bali for ages. Yeah, yeah, I think he lives. He just lives between both, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I spoke to him the other day and he said that he is trying to make it in, happen in Adelaide early December, but he, he's having trouble getting a venue. And then Resurrection of the Warrior, I reckon they're going to put a show on. Yeah, I spoke to Rob. The other December day, December the twentieth. Yeah, which they've is, got the all clear from a venue. Apparently, apparently they do. Yeah, I'm not sure so what the capacity Christmas. capacity rules are or, or whatever on that. But yeah, I'm guessing there'd be a square meterage rule or something. I mean, yeah. look, we're doing pretty well in SA. We've 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 Australia full stop. We're doing pretty well. Victoria seems to have pulled themselves together. So let's hope that by the end of the year we are getting some shows, and next year that we can run as normal. Well, next year, yeah. obviously, international is probably a while away, but getting like. Just some in, local yeah. shit. Just to I, give our guys something to look forward to. I, I was meant to fight in Perth in October, but I'm not going to go quarantine for two weeks. No promoter's going to pay for me and a coach to stay in a hotel for two weeks. So then you're forking out your own pocket. Exactly. you got to quarantine on the way back. How okay. long ago? <laughs> no, just then. Oh, okay. Just then. Yeah, so I was meant to fight in, in Perth in October, but obviously it fell through. I want to get out. I've never been to Perth, so I'd love to get over there and fight in Eternal in Perth. I love, yeah, I, yeah, I love Perth. I love Perth, yeah. I, I mean, I've been over there heaps of times because I've got family over there, but you I did fight there, over yeah. there too on, on um, Epic. Like, and that, they yeah. love a fight show over in Perth as yeah, well, don't see, they? It was funny because like, I got that, that show, uh, that fight in short notice. I was, so I fought in Wyala. And then three weeks later, I was meant to fight again in Adelaide against Stephen Ligurski at Resurrection. Yeah. Um, so I went back to training for two weeks. My foot was fucked because I busted my foot on an elbow in the Shinza Steel fight. Uh, went back to training for like two weeks. Then a week out from the Resurrection fight, Ligurski pulled out. Yeah. So I was like, fuck, I don't have any, anyone to fight. You're like, they're like, oh, we can't get your replacement on a week's notice. 
So I was like, whatever. So I went back in the holiday mode, started eating and shit again. And then like, I went to the weigh-in for resurrection and fucking, oh, someone come up to me and said, oh, fucking Kaylee Reese and that looking for a 70 kilo fighter to fight over on Epic. And so they rang my trainer Kev and they're like, yeah, next weekend. And, and they wanted me to fight 69. I was like, I'm just blowing back up to like 75 kilos. Like, <laughs> I'm not about to cut down to 69. I've never fought that light before in my life anyway. So we, we, did 71 and we went over there and fought over there and, and yeah I had no one because it was short notice I didn't have anyone like I had my cornerman and his son come up because he yep. lived in WA and uh, Sam Ballantyne from the pit was in my corner and that was it Yeah. but by the end of it because it was an exciting fight I had just these random people like yeah buddy <laughs> nice. like, thanks random stranger <laughs> yeah that's a good fight you were doing that was a fun fight to watch yeah he's a fucking tough boy as well he's the Australian coaches now isn't he yeah, he coaches. Padman, he helps. Yeah. yeah, he's a Padman over at Riddlers. Again, one of the nicest guys. I mean, all the guys from Riddlers are fucking awesome. They're opening the borders up on the 14th of November, WA. Are they? Yeah, yeah. DSA and stuff. So hopefully we can get. Yeah, well, they've got fight shows on. They... Yeah, they had they had Eternal last night. Yeah, they've had like, they've had a couple of shows. A few more Thai shows. Than Queensland like, have domination. Well. Domination's yep. on like next weekend, I think. Like, yeah, they've had a few Thai shows on over in WA. Starting to get back to. Some if you can more. let AFL have. 30,000 people without contradictory fucking thing and I follow footy right but mm. still I think yeah. like if you let the AFL have 30,000 there was no social distancing at the AFL grand final no. there was, like you're going through points where you're in crowds okay so if the reason why we can't have a show is because we can't be in close quarters it doesn't mm. make a lot of sense to me yeah. no. it's still the rules are so sporadic it doesn't really make sense we can tell like, they're being written by politicians not by a doctor yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like SA whatever makes the most money mate that's yeah. all it in is. SA we're not even allowed to use fans in gyms still but like footballers are allowed to tackle it. like you know you're allowed to do like contact sport and tackle each other but yeah, you we, can't have a fan on in a fucking gym like, we, we can grab we can grapple yeah but we can't you got to do it. You got to do it in a large amount of heat and uncomfort. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like when it first came in, we couldn't spar, could we? we yeah, we, 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 when we first opened, it was all just pads. That yeah, was no contact. And like, let's be honest, if you're hitting pads hard, you're, you're spraying <laughs> spit <laughs> all over each you're other. Just, you spar so. away from them anyway. Yeah. Uh, like, I understand they had to like they wanted to do like a reopening and make it look like they were, like it's like when the AFL first started and they were allowed to sing their team song, but they had to be 1.5 meters apart. Yeah, yeah. But. They were allowed to tackle each other in the field. They've all been tested, like mm. I, I think. So where we are in Australia, hopefully, it looks like we're going into the direction of common sense. Some normality's yeah. coming some back normality. here. But I mean, my mum lives in Spain, and I mean, uh, Dana's parents, grandparents are in Scotland. They're all going back to like hard lockdown again now. Yeah, yeah all through Europe. Off over there, I mean. It's so. well, they're getting there, the the second wave or the yeah. third wave or whatever. But so hopefully, Australia just. I think I think Australia and New Zealand have played it pretty well. Um, Cases are low. They talk about not opening the fully international boys to the end of next year, which yeah. yes, well, obviously vaccines and all that type of stuff and whatnot. So we'll see what happens there. Ship but travel, but not all. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was playing. We were planning to go to America yeah. in January. Um, lucky I got to go last year, but yeah, not looking at going in twenty twenty two now. So yeah, we had two holidays booked this year, like to Europe and Morocco that we couldn't go on, but we're going to Queensland in January. So yeah. Queensland, Queensland's nice. nice. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Let's wrap it up. It was a long one, wasn't it? Uh, it's about. Coming up on an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah, nice. Hopefully uh, the audience don't get too bored with our ramblings. No, that's good. This is actually the first uh, like get MMA guest we've had. Yeah. Like when, when it's me, Zach and Luke, obviously we talk about MMA a lot because we're yeah. big fans, but 
you got you're actually the first MMA guest we've had everyone and fighter boxing. So that's good to yeah. No, but I appreciate having the option to come on, and obviously got a lot of respect for both you boys and in the in the fight game, and also as people. So it was great to come and have a chat with you, and yeah, obviously uh, get get yeah, get Mike Turner on here, but set yeah. yourself a five hour time limit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We yeah, definitely we'll... need to get some more of the MMA guys on. Um, yeah, we'll start getting some of the Trinity guys on now, obviously, because I'm, you've got the connection with the gym. Yeah, and I, I can be I the middle talking to like Craig Ikey and stuff. Yeah, Ikey would be a great uh, as a promoter, yeah. especially with Apex coming up. Probably. Promoter yeah. and a coach. You know, he's coached yeah. and he's promoter. Yeah. And I think putting your shoe in both of them is a tough gig. So yeah. I'd love to hear what Craig's perspective of how he manages his fighters yeah. to making matchups on the shows and where do you find the balance of should my guy fight because I need a fight mm-hmm. or yeah. should he not? Uh, or, um, you know, like when are they ready and when are they not? It's a, it's a real hard shoe. Well, yeah, well, I, I did it. Yeah. You've done it? Both Barossa shows, yeah. So, so it's hard, isn't it? Like, yeah, because I did all the matchmaking for both those shows and we had two people on both those shows. So I had Zach and Luke on the first one then I had uh, Brad and Nicole on the second one. Um, so yeah, I... Yeah, you're playing matchmaker, but at the same time, you're like, you've got your guys getting ready as well. So, I mean, it is a bit... I'm actually looking to run my own show next year too. Awesome. If if I can get my license in time and if shows come back next year. I think they will, so... Yeah. Yeah. Hit us up, we've always got people looking for fights. Yeah, yeah. Plenty Um, of good things coming forward. Yeah, that's good. Definitely. Thanks for coming on out. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed it. Yeah, awesome. that was uh, that was good. So signing out. See you, Gorilla. Catch us next time. Hopefully, it won't be next like this long between the next episode. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll keep pumping about. I'll just keep blaming COVID. So. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and Luke. Yeah, fuck you, Luke. Alright, peace out. See ya. So there you have it. Episode sixteen of Gorilla Cast Trinity with Anthony Bino from Trinity MMA. You can find Trinity MMA on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Trinity MMA and you'll find their pages. Uh, They're located in the Clemsic area. I would highly recommend anyone if they wanted to get into MMA or sharpen up their skills to hit them up if you live around that area. Great bunch of guys, great bunch of fighters and coaches. As you can tell, Anthony's got a ton of knowledge and he's a a really nice guy. So definitely recommend their gym if you live around that area. Uh, Don't forget, we've got Apex, our first fight show since March in Adelaide, thanks to COVID, coming up on November 28th. Uh, Trinity, we've got a few guys on there, like Anthony mentioned in the episode, and there's plenty of other combat sports going on there as well. Wrestling, strongman, jiu-jitsu, grappling competitions, kickboxing, Muay Thai, MMA. It's all going to be going on there at the Norwood Oval. So hit it up, um, look it up on Facebook, and, and you'll be able to find tickets for it. So stay tuned. We should have another episode coming up in the next few weeks. You can follow us on SoundCloud and CastBox. Just search up Gorilla Cast, all one word. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well if you want to hit us up. So yeah, stay tuned, guys. We'll see you soon. Cheers.